It's time for the Hockey Minute, your source for all of today's hockey news with some opinion. Strap in for the fastest news in the NHL. This episode is proudly brought to you by fucking nobody. We don't have any sponsors. Now, here's your hosts, Brandon and Ryan. And here we are. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Hockey Minute. I'm your host, Brandon, with me, as always, my co-host, Ryan. And today we have a very special episode for you. We're going to be breaking down part one of our two-part Metro Division breakdown. But first, let's say hi to Ryan. Ryan, how you doing, man? Well, this might be an overshare, guys, <laughs> but today was a great day. I went grocery shopping, and if you're in the Vancouver area, you know there's no paper. There's no paper towel. There's no Kleenex. There's no toilet paper. And guess what? Today, I found what I needed, and I was I was Charlie in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> like I just I left my cart. I grabbed the toilet paper. I'm like I'm out of here. Threw ten bucks. I'm like I'm I'm gone. And they were just like run, run, Ryan, get home, <laughs> get home as fast as you can. So it was a big day in my house. Um, that just tells you how boring my life is in this quarantine. But uh, yeah. <laughs> That's just life. But anyways, enough about me. How are you? How's the family? Everyone doing good? Oh, yeah, buddy. Everybody's good. You just you, you got me thinking we might have to have a bit of like a bidet revolution here in the province if it keeps going down this way. <laughs> well, everybody be getting their garden hoses. Yeah, maybe another episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll do an episode on like stock tips because there's no hockey. That's it. I was thinking bidets. Bidets are in. DIY bidets. Just keep, keep the water on cold. <laughs> Pro tips. All right. Bidets <laughs> So we're going to start off today by doing the, uh, the Washington Capitals, uh, which, Ryan, is obviously your team. But, uh, I mean, for me, going into the season, when I looked at them, I still consider them a cup contender. I mean, they've, got, they've still got Ovi and, and Backstrom kind of tail end of their primes, but they've got Kuznetsov and, and Holtby. Like, it was, for my money, at least still a kind of an upper echelon top five team. How did you see it? Well, any team that... If you've if you've gone to the Cup Finals or even the the Final Four in the last two three years, like I, I believe your window is still open, and the Caps are definitely they they've kept the same core. There's been some minor changes here and there, but Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, Tom Wilson, uh, Verana's really developed really nicely. T.J. Oshie, you know John Carlson, Braden Holtby, uh, Sam Sonov's come along. So the team is still kind of pretty much the same as they were a couple of years ago. Um, then uh, this year, I mean, as of when the season ended, they were starting to slow down a bit, but they're still leading the division. And I think that they're still, I think their window is still open. Uh, we saw a great year from Alex Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, back, Backstrom's re-signed, which was kind of a, it's it's going to go a long ways for the Ovechkin contract. Yep. And we talked about it, I think, in another episode, but he was always the the discussion was always he wants to win an Olympic gold medal and we have the 2022 Olympics uh, coming up here in a couple of years and uh, some people were wondering oh well, his contract's expiring and maybe he goes back to the KHL just to get a chance at the Olympics if the NHL won't go right but Backstrom resigning I think is is keeping Ovechkin a capital for life and and then the the secondary you know that second wave right Ovechkin was drafted 04 Backstrom was 06 Holtby and Carlson in 08 you need guys drafted in the last decade to step up and Tom Wilson is probably the the next captain of the Washington Capitals right uh and Jakob Verana as well he had a a massive year uh, by his standards but still 
it was uh, it was a good year for him. I really like how he's coming along. So he his contract expires at the end of 2021, which will be interesting because we see what these young players are getting nowadays. And it'll be kind of interesting to see what he's worth. But um, Yeah, is he going to be willing to take less just to stay on a championship team? Yeah, uh, or, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Like the next couple of years and then the expansion draft, and we won't get into all that, but Braden Holpe's a UFA coming up and Samsonov looks ready to take on the net so mm-hmm. I mean you're you're maybe going to save some money with not re-signing Holtby but you still have Carlson on the books for eight Ovechkin needs a new deal so yeah it'll be very interesting to see what this team does in the future are you pretty sure that that Holtby's going to be walking if I was him uh if you're not getting a blank check i think you do right i mean i i don't know what his current salary is it can't be that high but when you see what bobrovsky's getting going into ufa and bobrovsky's got two vesnas hope he got a vesna but he's also got a cup and i think when you've won a stanley cup at that point it's about looking after your family and i don't blame guys for doing that so if uh, a team's out there looking for a goalie and they've got the cap space you go to a guy like Braden holtby and you probably offer him ten million for six or seven years, and I mean, yeah. would you would you turn that down? I mean, <laughs> no. I mean, if I were, um, what's I can't remember the caps. Uh, Todd Riordan, right? The, the GM. <laughs> yeah, Todd Riordan or Kevin from the office. Yeah, there you go. Um, if I were him, I, I certainly would let Holtby walk. I mean, obviously, I don't watch the caps as close as you do, and I, I get that Holtby is probably a top ten goalie in the league still. But I mean. That team is so good. You can you can downgrade slightly in net and still be a championship caliber team. I mean, as of right now, they're paying Holtby six point one. Um, he's due for at least eight, wouldn't you say? I mean, just with with the way that he's been going, probably closer to nine. Well, it, it, he I, I'm not. I think him and Bobrovsky are pretty close in age too. And Bobrovsky got ten, right? Yeah. And and like I said, Bobrovsky was kind of a choke artist in the playoffs, so. Uh, up until last year anyways so yeah uh, oh. yeah that 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 was weird for me <laughs> <laughs> that, that Bobrovsky signing but yeah I, I hear you uh, hopefully that was more of a warning for other GMs than a sign of things to come because I really I mean it just hamstrings your team when you're paying 10 11 million dollars for the netminder it just I mean look at Montreal yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but um yeah, and uh, Holtby's 30, by, by the way. So, yeah, I think he's a year younger than Bobrovsky. But, I mean, if they give him an eight-year deal, it's pretty rare for a goalie to still be highly competitive at, you know, the upper 30s. There's Luongo and Lundqvist and stuff like that, but it's it's not often. No, you hit the nail on the head. And he, he's already kind of slowed down a bit, too. We saw that this year. That's why Samsonov was, I don't, I don't want to say thrown into it a little bit quicker than maybe what they would have liked, but... Mm-hmm. Samsonov was getting more games because Holtby at times just looked average. And uh, so, no, I, I don't think he's... One, one thing that uh, I just wanted to note that I thought was super neat about Backstrom is uh, he acted as his own agent for the last contract. And I'm sure most Caps fans know that, but other hockey fans may not. And I just, I love that kind of stuff, obviously. Uh, he may have an interest in it, but he probably has a bigger interest in saving the uh, the agent's cut, right? I don't I don't want to say <laughs> say what that probably was, but it was it was millions for sure that he managed to save himself. So it's some nice nice slick work by Backstrom there. So how do you see the Caps going forward? Do you think that their window is still open in the coming season? Yeah, for a couple a couple more years. John Carlson's actually kind of the 
getting the Mark Giordano treatment, like he's getting better as he ages. Mm-hmm. And the depth the depth pieces they have, the nice thing about having a GM like uh, Brian McClellan is that like what he's doing with depth guys, instead of overpaying for shorter term, he's just giving guys an extra year. And that I think when you're a fourth line player or a third pairing defenseman, you want that, right? You want the extra year of stability mm-hmm. instead of two years from now, oh my God, what am I going to be doing to get a third or a fourth year on a contract? So he's, he's accumulated some good depth pieces. Carl Haglin, uh, Nick Jensen hasn't quite worked out, but uh, you know Haglin, Rick, uh, Richard Panic has has been okay, yeah. And uh, and that's how I mean that's how you got to build your team nowadays in the salary cap era to still be competitive. There's there's one I'm, I'm trying not to make everything about the Canucks, but just watch me as I do. <laughs> and uh, so there's there's one thing that I thought was really interesting about the way they managed the caps last year is is that I mean they they get Jay Bowmeister from Jay Bowmeister Jesus buddy come on uh, <laughs> Jay Beagle. Jay Peagle, good boy. Yeah, the the fourth line center, and they they basically traded with the Canucks, and they picked up the free agent Nick Dowd to play in that same role. And I mean, you watch the Caps all the time. How much of a drop off was there? Yeah, it was nothing. I mean, and Nick Dowd and Garnet Hathaway, they actually have a podcast, but they're uh, I mean, they're they're best buddies, right? They play the similar game, so the chemistry is pretty good there. But yeah, yeah I mean, and Nick Dowd's not making Jay Beagle money. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Canuck fans. No, no, no. But I mean, like that, that's exactly the point I'm making is that like these, these uh, bottom tier players are essentially replaceable, right? I mean, I, I don't want to say anything, <laughs> anything mean about them, but like I, they're obviously phenomenal athletes, but it's just like you need to pay attention to where you're spending your dollars. And the Caps have done a phenomenal job of, of highlighting the players in which they need to focus on. And I think that that's going to continue. So. Yeah, hats off to them for sure. So, what what grade would you give them for the uh, the previous season? How would you rate them? Well, I give them an A, and that's only because they're leading the division, and they're still. I think their window's still open, and I think that McClellan's done a great job. Todd Rudin's done a, a good job with the coaching aspect of it, but now that the, the weight is off of that core group, I think that they're just having a lot more fun, and and um, you know, there's still the pressure to win, but it's not as much as it was in 2016 and 2017 so uh, you know when when you win a cup i think the the bulk of that pressure is gone yeah it looks like they're just having fun again but i mean that could just as easily lead to multiple championships so yeah i'd I'd, I'd put uh i'd put them at an a as well for myself i mean i just i think they're going to be competitive for a few years to come at least i don't see anybody slowing down or dropping off too much Ovi's timeless um all the things we talked about so yeah i'm giving them uh giving them the a as well all right so we're going to move on to the pittsburgh penguins now and for me when i think about the pittsburgh penguins last season going in i i mean i just i maybe i'm brainwashed by crosby but i can't think of them as anything but a perennial contender they just keep finding a way to be competitive i, I realize that they have a few missing pieces and they're nowhere near as stocked as the gaps that we just talked about. But, I mean, when you have the X factor of Crosby and, and Malkin, you're pretty much always um, at least a, a wild card. And once you're in, you you got a good shot. So how did you see them going into the year, Ryan? Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. Because any team that has two top 10 players, I mean, top top 10 is an obvious top five might even be 
where I'd rank Crosby and Malkin, but yep. yeah, they're, they won a cup with no defense, basically. Right, Chris Letang right. was hurt one of the years. Yep. Like they can get it done with, with 87 and 71. And so, um, I, I would say that they, they're, they're in the playoffs right now. And I would say that they are still, as long as those two guys are in the league or on their team, they're going to be a contender and never count them out. So no, I, I 100% expected them to make the playoffs yep. and it's interesting to see they're kind of going through what the Blackhawks did after all their cups, because then you start to kind of lose guys and you have to rely on young guys coming in on cheap contracts. And I know they had a couple, uh, a couple of those guys. Oh man, they, they, they had so many, so many injuries, right? I mean, we talked about that in our, our trophy race episodes about uh, Mike Sullivan for coach of the year. And just the fact that he's just been doing it with basically an AHL team. And every time people were amazed at how they were doing it with such few resources, they'd lose another player. Like it was just, it was constant. It was like a slow drip of, of, of injury all year. And yeah, my hat is, is absolutely off to that team. Um, but going forward for the, for the next year, how do you kind of see them? Do you see any moves being made? Do you see, um, you see them kind of sticking with it? How do, you, how do you see them playing this out? Yeah, I think they stick with it. The interesting thing is going to be their goaltending. Yeah. And they thought yeah. they had kind of figured that out a couple of years ago when they let uh, Marc-Andre Fleury walk. And then Murray. Matt Murray was the guy of the future. Yeah. And then now Tristan Jari's come in and basically shown that he, he can be a capable goalie. And there's always a risk with that. We saw it here in Vancouver with the Luongo Schneider situation we saw it with martin jones a couple years ago where he had the one year of Mm -hmm. of just stepping up and he's kind of regressed a little bit so i think that they stick with murray but if you can have two goalies uh, i mean so many teams now that's what they're trying to do and Mm -hmm. i don't uh i don't see why they would want to maybe let let go of of matt murray before they had to or tristan jari for that matter yeah this team is just we've seen it for 15 years (laughs) there's not there's not really anything that they do that surprises me anymore and i don't see them making a ton of moves they kind of they had they had uh the castle trade which did was that what netted them galchenyuk yep and then they moved galchenyuk and they got jason zucker so which was awesome you probably yeah you probably downgrade from moving on from castle but then you upgrade when you get jason zucker oh yeah yeah because the the if, if you traded castle straight up for zucker you'd be like man you got fleece like zucker's a way better player now like that's such a good fit like yeah again hats off to jimmy rutherford for finding <laughs> finding a way to get something working there well and and with crosby he's got his right hand man and jake gensel and malkin is always when he played with kessel those two were incredible together so mm-hmm. if I, I don't know how their how their lines are structured but if you could plug zucker in with malkin and those guys have a connection then you've got a two-headed monster down the middle but every good centerman needs a complimentary piece absolutely and yeah i mean you see it all the time that coaches seem to stick with pairs more than lines for for forward groups now it's like find a guy that works really well with another guy and then you get a third wheel and let's let's make it work <laughs> it's a i think it's a product of the salary cap as much as anything but uh, you, you really start to notice the way that they're rolling it out uh, one uh, thing that should be noted, f- we're going to do a, a proper expansion draft episode kind of in the future, I'm sure, but uh, it's hard not to notice what's going to happen with uh, Pittsburgh here with their goaltending situation. They've got a couple of young, skilled goalies, and as, as far as I can tell, they're going to lose Murray or Tristan Jari, right? There's, I mean, they're going to have too many games played by the time the draft comes and the, fall, the end of the following season. 
And so they're, they're going to either have to make a bold move before and trade one of them or just kind of eat it. But, uh, yeah, that's a, it's a tough spot for them to be in there. Yeah, well, congratulations, Seattle, because whoever you get from Pittsburgh, you're going to go right to the finals. You're going to lose, but you're going to go right to the finals first year. <laughs> yeah. and, and the cycle repeats. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like if they end up getting Murray, they're getting a, a two-time Stanley Cup champion who's what 24 at the time or something insane right it'll be 25 maybe by the time he goes to seattle like that's 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 bonkers that yeah um i'm gonna be choked if that happens just as a canucks <laughs> fan <laughs> so looking forward for the for the pens then do you think they're gonna keep being competitive for years to come do you see anything really changing yeah they're their short answer is yes yeah uh, i don't know what they're gonna i don't know what their prospects are really like john marino is pretty good for them that lafferty kid he looked okay but mm-hmm. As long as you got Crosby and Malkin, doesn't matter. Those guys are are going to be the Tom Brady's of the NHL. They'll be forty two and still dominant. So Pittsburgh, they're going to be competitive for as long as those two guys want to play. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. And as far as an overall grade for the season, I'd, I'd probably give them a kind of a low A or a high B. I mean, they had a a pretty tough start to the season, but. I mean, so many injuries, and they eventually picked it up quite well. And, uh, I mean, Crosby was out for six weeks. Malkin managed to pick it up. Gensel gets hurt. Uh, I'm pretty sure Rust got hurt. Um, like, it was just, <laughs> well, again, like we said, one injury after the other. So the fact that they managed to stick with it and uh, have a successful season, for me, gets them a, uh, a high mark. How about yourself? Yeah, I agree with you. I think, yeah, uh, A-, A minus, B plus, somewhere in that range. It's too bad we don't have the playoffs because it would be interesting to see how far they could have gone. But... I mean that's that's how she goes yeah i mean this is this is by far my favorite time of every year is is the first round of the playoffs <laughs> which is what we'd be in right now right you got five games one night and three games the other night it's like see you later family but uh <laughs> <laughs> now uh no that's not happening anyway uh we're gonna move on to the philadelphia flyers now and for me when i think of the philly flyers i i I mean, I'm a huge Elaine Vigneault fan. I just, I, I loved the work that he did for the Canucks. And so I, I really expected him to be fairly successful with Philly. Um, they've got a good team, a really, I mean, kind of a sneaky good team. I think people may not appreciate the star power that they have and the, the nice mix of veterans and, and young players. But uh, so I, I, I fully expected them to at least be in the wild card position going into the season. How did you see them? I actually thought they they did better than I uh, predicted. Um, Hmm. (laughs) Maybe I just have a certain hatred for the Flyers, or I I really don't know. I just didn't see them making as big of a splash as they did. I think it's just because for years they've they've let their fan base down because they do have one of the best players in the league in Claude Giroux, Mm -hmm. and their defense core is really good. Now they have the goalie that they've always needed in Carter Hart. So uh, that, you know, we've, we've talked about this before, like, when you have a, a number one offensive threat, you have a, a good defense core and a number one goalie, you're always going to be a contender. So they did great by my standards. Um, and, you know, the guys, the, the usual suspects, Giroux, uh, Travis Konechny, man, I love watching that kid play. Have you seen a lot of him? Not enough. Like, he, he's he's a pit bull. Yeah. And he's an undersized guy, but plays very fearless. The Kevin Hayes signing. Oh, money. I mean, Money. What, did, what, what did you think about that? Eh? Oh, I mean, at, at the time, I thought it was rich because you're paying what was it, five mil for a, a third line center. I think it was more than that. I think it was like oh, I'm gonna. I'll look it yeah, up. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah. So anyway, when I was looking at him, I just I didn't think that he'd have 
the tools to to be as productive as he was. But he was, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's leading the league in shorthanded goals. He's an absolute leader on that team. He's a character, hilarious guy. I mean, if you ever hear him talk, so yeah, I'm not, I don't begrudge the money he's making or anything, but I just didn't expect him to be as productive as he was. But yeah, I mean, he, he absolutely stepped up. And I think that people don't necessarily appreciate the uh, the, the two way skills that Sean Couturier has. Um, I mean, just if, if if you get a chance, there's a couple of shifts with him against John Taveras. Just some clips that you can find on YouTube when they're matching each other, like stride for stride, um, trying to get away from each other in the corners, and it's just incredible footwork, edge work, and just positioning to see them go at it. Um, well, maybe that's boring for other people, but I just I get off on watching that stuff. He just I think he's absolutely incredible. Yeah, Kevin Hayes. Just for the record, fifty million over seven years, so it works out to be seven point one four million. So, oh my God, see, I was, I was, yeah, I was. So off by 50%. at first glance, yeah, it looked bad. And listen, he had a great first year, but yeah. Philadelphia, I mean, they'll turn on you, right? Briz was like three three oh, days oh. into his long term deal, and they were ripping him. Um, the what that had to be the most tone deaf signing in the history of the league, though. Yeah, like a an absolute goalie graveyard market hires the fucking craziest person as a goaltender. <laughs> yeah, but like he's talking about the moon and the stars or whatever he's going on about when he's like not making a save. <laughs> it's like, buddy. <laughs> but that's why we love goalies. The one guy that I'm concerned about is Nolan Patrick. And yep, we mentioned with with teams like Washington and Pittsburgh is that you need those you know your draft picks to pan out. Provorov was a pick in uh, 2015. That's he looks like he's going to win a, Nor- uh, a Norris one day. Oh yeah. But Patrick was was second overall. And when you look at the three guys picked after him, uh, he- uh, Heiskanen in Dallas, Makar in Colorado, Pedersen in Vancouver. And so for Philly, they're probably kicking themselves a little bit because Patrick. I don't know what to make of him, but right now he looks like he's just going to be an often injured player. And you can live with that if he's 23rd overall. But when you're second overall and then you got two potential Norris candidates and a, a number one center that was drafted after your guy, uh, oof, it's not a great look. No, no. And, and I mean, you're, you're right. It's, I'm pretty sure Nolan Patrick has had some, some concussion issues, right? That's been the major struggle. Yeah. And so it's when you're dealing with those kinds of things too, I mean, you're, it's so it's you just uncertain when you know when you're going to get better and if you're going to get better and as we saw with you know Crosby's long battle with his stuff that ended up being a neck issue that they solved that way but you just yeah it's if you're not hitting a top five pick that's brutal especially you're missing those guys that you mentioned like I mean Heiskanen looks like he could win a Norris so um yeah it's it's wild and then of course you have Shane Goss who's a you know 50 60 point defenseman who was being healthy scratch for a good chunk of the season Obviously, things aren't working the way that they would like to see them work there. Um, I, I, I just don't watch enough Philly games to know what kind of defensive liability he actually is. But, I mean, it's really telling if you can see a guy putting top 10 numbers for a D-man uh, up in the rafters, for or up in the, the press box to watch a game. Obviously, he's uh, he's not doing something that's making A.B. very happy. But um, no, yeah, he'll, dragging the team down a little bit. Yeah, he only had 12 points in 42 games. and Yeah. When you got Pro, you got Provorov, you got Sanheim, um, Philippe Myers is another good player or a good defenseman. So, and then they they filled it out with Matt Niskanen as well, who was a, acquired by or from Washington, I should say. So mm-hmm. maybe Gossespierre just didn't have enough 
of a of a leash maybe maybe av just didn't want to give him as much as much of a grace period as as he did when he was younger but yeah i think he's gone for sure yeah i'm I'm with you but what kind of value is he going to draw right i don't know i mean 26 year old defenseman is kind of almost one-dimensional at this point so yeah i don't know yeah it's uh it'll, it'll be interesting to follow up for sure so how do you see Philly moving forward then? Do you think that they're going to be kind of competitive in the, the years coming? Are they on the, on the downswing? How do you see it? No, I think they're, they're trending up. Provorov's young, Hart's young, uh, Konechny's young. Like, they, you know, Konechny's not going to be Claude Giroux, but Couturier has, has developed into a number one centerman. And oh, yeah. I think that this team's got a lot of promise. And I think that they're, they're trending up in this division right when they need to be because teams like Pittsburgh and Washington, as much as we just pump their tires, uh, all good things come to an end. And yeah. Ovechkin and, and Backstrom are going to get older. Crosby and Malkin are going to get older. And uh, you're going to see a bit of a changing of the guard, I think. So just uh, to quickly touch on the, the Gosses Bear talk, in 17-18, he was good for 65 points in 78 games. Yeah. Like that's just an unreal clip. So, I mean, somebody's going to take a flyer on him, but it's, it's been a while. I mean, 18-19, 78 games, 37 points, and then this year, 42 games, 12 points. Like, that's it. Yeah, you almost wonder what happened the year that he hit 65. <laughs> exactly, yeah. The, the, the outlier is starting to become the 65-point the season. But. So, how would you grade them on the, on the previous season, then? Uh, I think, well, I would give them, like, a B, B+. Plus. I, I think that they... They exceeded what I expected, but I think a lot of Flyer fans probably felt that they would end up right where they ended up. I mean, they're currently second in their division, so right. I think all they care about is just are we beating the Penguins? <laughs> they just tune in four times a year. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd probably give them a kind of a B B plus in that same range. I know we're going to get shit for disagreeing on everything, but it's it's kind of hard when you're uh, looking at things trying to be objective, and it's like they didn't have a, they didn't have an A caliber season. I don't I don't think. I mean, they weren't. They weren't hot from start to finish, um, but they did do more than I think a lot of people expected. Again, I, I, I saw them being fairly successful. They got a nice uh, nice roster on the up and up. So, yeah, I think that's going to do it for the Philly Flyers. And our final team for this episode is the Columbus Blue Jackets. And uh, we all know how Columbus ended the previous season, right? We, we all know they won their first round. They swept the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they lost their their two star pieces, right? They lost Bobrovsky to Florida. They lost Panarin to New York. And somehow they still managed to have a successful season. I thought they were going to be a lottery team for sure. I saw them as a as a top three pick, kind of finishing 27th at best. And uh, they absolutely proved me wrong. How did you see them going into the year, Ryan? Yeah, I think everybody uh, had them finishing last in the division uh i'll tell you what john tortorella if he doesn't get a statue oh. or something uh, for yeah. that organization they win their like the you know we don't need to rehash it but they win their first ever playoff series they do it sweeping a team that set records yeah. in the nhl for the regular season and torts it just he's a we, we talked about him before he's a hall of fame coach but the Blue Jackets, he's probably the first real, I mean, aside from Rick Nash, he's probably their their most influential or their biggest yeah. Uh, yeah. personality, I, I would say. I mean, Seth Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski are, are probably, if they spend their whole careers in Columbus, 
are probably going to be there too one day. But man, Tortorella, whatever this team has accomplished is is due to him because this team lost, as you mentioned, their two biggest pieces. Plus, Matt Duchesne was a rental. He was gone. And again, the odds were not in their favor, much like they weren't against the Tampa Bay Lightning last year. Mm-hmm. People had no expectations for this team. And Tortorella has coached them, Matt, like... I can't say enough good things about him. I'm totally with you, man. It, in my eyes, he's the the best American coach of all time, and I don't even think it's close. And he's still got he's still got a ways to go. I mean, he doesn't get a lot of respect um, from some people in the league because of the way that he carries himself in press conferences and stuff. But if you look at the things that matter, the performances of his team, and, and the way that some of the players talk about him, I mean, even after they're done, um, is almost always glowingly. So I just got nothing but respect for for John Tortorella and the job that he does just about wherever he goes. Um, Even in Vancouver, even though I thought he was very, (laughs) very unsuccessful, um, he was right when he was talking about the team needing a refresh. And that's your uh, daily Vancouver moment (laughs) injected into another team. Every team is going to be compared (laughs) to the Vancouver Canucks on this podcast. I'm calling it right now. Yeah. We'll be talking about oh, some team in like a yeah. German tier two league. And we'll, well, you know, yeah, that reminds me of the time the Canucks. Uh... <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have you know that uh, former Vancouver color man, uh, Dave Tomlinson, used to play in the German league. So that's, <laughs> there you uh, go. There's, there's your connection. <laughs> All right. So bright spots for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, what, what, uh, what catches your eye? Uh, Seth Jones is going to win a Norris Trophy yeah. uh, one day. I'm calling it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wierenski, oh, yeah. Yeah. he had a, like a, another monster year. Um, I find it funny that they always talk about every goal. Like he sets, he set the record for goals by a defenseman a year or two ago, and then he you know, he beat it, and then they, they talk about how he's beat his own record. And it's like, well, when you think about it, every goal he scores from here on out, he's beaten his own record. But that's besides the point. Um, right. This is a team of grit, and uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois is a – you know, still room to to grow, but I think he's developing into a pretty good uh, top line player. I love Josh Anderson. I think Josh Anderson Me is too. is the Tom Wilson of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He can score goals, but he's also going to hit. He's going to fight. Yep. It'll be interesting because he's in kind of you know he held out last contract, and he's got another. Well, he's he's due for another deal coming up, so it'll be very interesting to see what he does. Um, and then the rest of the team is just made up of guys that <laughs> half of them I can't even pronounce their friggin' names. Like they got two goalies I'm not even going to attempt. No. And then, uh, and you know, the youth movement I think is there. Some of those guys are coming into their primes. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, they got the guys like Atkinson and um, Gustav Nyquist, Nick Felino, Brandon Dabinsky. Like those guys are the vets. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What, like, what, like, what do you grade them? Like, I, I'm curious to know what are you grading them as this year? Because oh, I would give them an, they, an A. They're still not making the playoffs, but <laughs> I'd I'd still give them an A or maybe even an A plus. Um, I think my I guess my grading basically is is what was my expectation versus what was their performance, and their performance so outclassed my expectation. It's it's hard for me to give them anything but stellar marks. Um, I don't. I just. I can't. I can't imagine a team as as low in in overall skill as the Columbus Blue Jackets ever doing as well as, as they did again it just it it's i mean they're 
their talent level is almost like Ottawa Senators of a couple of years ago or, or, or Colorado of three years ago. Like they're not quite in those doldrums, but they're close and they're still managing to be incredibly successful. Like Pierre-Luc Dubois, who is far and away their number one center, he's 21 years old. Yeah. Like he's, he's still an absolute kid. I mean, he plays like a power forward, but um, that, that pick, he's taken third overall. It was a bit of a stretch at the time. I mean, he, he could have had such studs as Ole Ulevi, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> yes, he pulled Yarvey. They, 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 yeah, they, they went with the flyer, and uh, I mean, it's it's worked out absolutely wonderful for them. Um, they have Elvis Merzlikens, Merzlinkins. That's that's my attempt at shaming myself at trying to pronounce a name for the day. But uh, obviously, he was a stud for the year. Um, it was, was kind of neat uh, hearing him talk about. Um, shutting out the the reporters because he had quite a, a poor start at the beginning of the year where he'd not done very well in a few games and then uh he basically told the reporters he wasn't going to talk to them anymore until he kind of got his stuff together and he after that he was super successful but like what a ballsy move for a basically a rookie kid to be like no i'm done doing interviews like i'm gonna i'm gonna get my own stuff sorted out sorry i, I really like that yeah yeah and they got yeah they're going to run with the two goalies they have, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Uh, see, I'm going to have to go the opposite way, though. I know you're giving them an A, but I'm going to go the opposite way. I, I would give them more like a B-, minus. I think. Uh, just... I, and I think, I hate to say it, but they're one of the few teams that I don't see them getting better. And part of the reason for that, I just mentioned Josh Anderson. And so he's he's an RFA mm-hmm. uh, due for new deal. And he had 27 goals last year in 82 games. He got hurt a lot this year. He only played 26 games. Yep. And he had one, one goal and four points. So I don't know. I don't know if they're keeping him, right? Um, if they can get him for cheap, you want to keep him, absolutely. But yeah. That's that's too much of a too much of a hot and cold. I mean, he's he's good for 15 goals a year, it looks like, and then all of a sudden he drops off. So yeah, I, th- I remember seeing a quote from uh, what's his name, Yarmo Kekalainen, the, the GM of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and he was talking about basically they they expect their prospect pool to be able to pick up the slack of of any losses they may accrue um, coming into this season that we just had, and I think most people thought he was kind of crazy. But uh, I mean, it seems like he might have known something. So, I mean, I, I just I just don't follow them closely enough to say that I think they're going to be better. I think you're right. I think they are going to have a bit of a fall off next year, just because. I mean, even if they had Josh Anderson and the same team that they had this year, I don't think that they could repeat it. Like it's it's like a miracle that they managed to get to where they got to, in my opinion. So you're you're thinking they're going to regress? Oh yeah, yeah. I I I again I'd put them at at a at a lottery spot. That's it's the funny thing about it. It's like I just watched them be successful for a whole year, and then thinking forward, it's like no, there's no way they could do that. (laughs) There's there's no no way they (laughs) could. The good luck's got to run out sometime. Exactly, it's got to happen. So that's going to do it for us for part one of our Metro Division breakdown. Thanks everybody for listening from uh, Ryan and from Brandon. You've been listening to the Hockey Minute. We'll catch you next time. We'd like to take a second to thank you, the listener, for joining us. And a big thanks goes to our writers and production team, Jules, Mark, and Matt. We couldn't do this without you. That's going to do it for us. This is Brandon and Ryan. We'll talk to you next time on the Hockey Minute.